to the Outsiders Podcast, episode five. Yeah. We are your hosts. My name is Neil Sandlin. I am here always with my trusted friend and pastor and co-host of this episode and this podcast, Tyler, a.k.a. Redeem France. What's, What's good, good? What's good? What is good? Um, if you want to know why we're called The Outsiders, you're going to have to go back and listen to other podcasts because we're not going to describe it every single week. We we're not wanna, doing it anymore. We want to jump straight into kind of the heart check section of the podcast and mm. why we come to the podcast in this episode feeling the way that we feel. Right. And this one, Tyler and I both are coming into this podcast a little heavy, a little worn down, I guess, just from a few things that have happened. Uh, Tyler, why don't you kind of tell us yeah. what went down when you heard about Jacob Blake and the shooting um, that happened and how it kind of made you feel and For sure, what man. you were thinking on that. So uh, I, I'm actually in a group chat with a lot of my close brothers, mm-hmm. and and they're all black. Um, so I actually heard about it from them speaking about it, right? Uh, which is heartbreaking yeah. because they they almost had this attitude of like, up oh, here we go again. Yeah, you know, it, right. this is here it is again. Mm-hmm. This is what happens in America. Yeah, and um, and so I seeing that perspective and seeing them be heartbroken really broke my heart just from the jump. And then I looked at the whole situation, um, did some research on what happened or what they say happened. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, saw the video, heartbreaking video, regardless of, of what stance you take, what position mm-hmm. you take on, on whether or not it was it's heartbreaking. Three, kid, three kids, three kids in the back kids seat, in the car, like watching the whole thing go down. Shot in the back. I yeah. mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking, and um, and you know, you and I were speaking about this earlier. It's it also we knew that there was going to be some type of backlash that we we knew sure. that there there was going to be some protests were going to start protests, up again, riots, people taking advantage of protesting and rioting. Yeah. Um, yep. And so those kind of things were just on the forefront of my mind when I was looking into this mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I really and I was. knew, and I'm sure you did too. I knew, boy, here we go. The, the, the politics of oh, this yeah. are, is going to get out of control. Both sides are going to use this to their advantage. Yep. Their criminal records are going to be thrown yes, out there. Yeah, it was all just going to become a, a, a thing. And, a thing that was not probably going to honor the situation as it needed to be dealt with. Right. Because, you know, we look to try to, divide as soon as we can. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my thought was, you know, I watched the video, my, my heart broke. I, when I found out these kids were in the back seat, yeah. it broke further, you know, and I just got to the place where I was like, man, the whole thing broke my heart. You know, he was caught, he, he stopped to help a dispute between two women who were fighting. Right. And I'm like, I wish they would never would have fought like all the things right. that led to it. I wish she never would have stopped to help. Yeah. Like let's just call the cops and keep going. Right. I wish, you know, that he hadn't resisted like they yeah. said he did, that he never would have walked around to his car yeah. to the front seat. I wish they would have tackled him before he ever got to the front seat. Right. I wish the taser would have worked. Yeah. I, you know, I wish he wouldn't have been shot in the back. Yeah. I, ne- I wish the kids weren't in the car. Like all of that, yeah. just every single detail breaks my heart. 
Right. And again, like you said, regardless of where you stand on this, a human being's life has been lost. Yeah, an image bearer. An image bearer of God's life has been lost, and it has been observed by his three children yeah. who will never get that out of their, their mind's eye, right. ever. And uh, it's just a crushing thing. And, and again, it was, a, like we talked about last week, I'm trying to get to the place where I always think this has happened to us. Right. Like this didn't just happen to the black community. Right. This has happened to us. Yeah. This is another thing that has happened to us that we have to deal with, that we have to this wrestle with. This is a family with, thing. This that is, we yeah. have to address mm. in a loving, just, holy way. Yeah. And uh, it was just a, a tragic event. And then Chaz, Chadwick Boseman dies. Oh, man. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Chadwick Boseman was the actor that played Black Panther. Black Panther. He had also played Jackie Robinson in 42. Yeah. I think that's kind of kind of made him, right? Yeah. That's where everybody kind of first heard yeah. him. I th- played Thurgood Marshall uh-huh. in Marshall. And so it, it's just a... James Brown, right? Yeah. He did play James yeah. Brown. That's yeah. right. He, he played a lot of iconic black roles yeah. that the African-American community already loved these people to begin with, right? right? Jackie Robinson yeah. and, and... These are heroes. Thurgood Marshall right. and, and James Brown. Like, they already loved them anyway, and now it's being characterized in such a beautiful way in such a well-done great right. way by Chadwick that everyone has to respect it. Yes. And <laughs> like then so well. he creates a character yeah. like black Panther that the entire black community rallies around. Yeah. Cause man, that was more than just a movie. No, that was Wakanda was real. Yes. And it was Still about, is. It, it was about black dignity, black yeah. strength. Right. Um, it was about all of that yeah. black beauty. Yeah. And, and so the black community rallies around that character so powerfully. And so when they lost Chadwick Boseman in their mind, it wasn't just, you know, we lost an actor. It was like, we lost an icon that represented so much for us and our blackness. He was a hero. He was, he was, he was was a hero hero to them. He's a hero to me. Yeah. Uh, Well, especially when you find out that he's been battling colon cancer for four four years. years And no one knew. Nobody knew except his immediate family. Exactly. And it's because he knew Black Panther was going to be iconic. He knew this was going to be a role that changes things going forward. Yeah. He even said it was funny because somebody asked him, do you think that this um, will change movie making going forward? He said, well, "Well, it's going to change stuff for sure. And he said, and I do know this, the next time Black Panther's made, there's going to have to be a two after it. In other words, we've yeah. done something that yeah. has never been done before. Right. And and for him to keep all this secret, it's beautiful. Because yeah. he wanted That's crazy. He wanted the character yeah. to be what got all the attention and right. he didn't want it to become about his illness and his battle yeah. with cancer. Man, that that that's the mark of a hero yeah. right there. Yeah. He was a superhero. He was selfless. That in plays that, yeah. a superhero. And he was our brother in Christ. He was our brother in That's that's the one thing that I was just holding yeah. on to and it was just like well, well praise God. He's yeah, his not, pastor said he his be- pain's over. Became a Christian as a teenager, that he got baptized as a teenager and held held on to his faith till the day he died. Yeah. So again, that was a a, a tough moment. You yeah. know, you see pictures of like the little kids doing the Wakanda symbol and they their have black figures. Panther with their action figures laying down yeah. and the other ones surrounding it. And yeah. that, that just encapsulates, you know, so much of how he is viewed. Yeah. Like this is a legend yeah. and not just the character, but the man who played the character. And I think it's pretty cool that in those pictures, if you guys haven't seen them, it's, it's, it's a kid that has put 
all of these uh, action figures yeah. from the Marvel universe. Yeah, I posted it on mine. You can go check my Facebook. And yeah, and he just puts them in a circle around Black Panther, who's yeah. laying down, yeah. and, and you know they're paying they're respect, respects, and, yeah. and they have their arms crossed too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like Wakanda. It's just powerful. Um, yeah, and Wakanda it's Wakanda forever, man. But it, it should. It's kind of a symbol to me of what we should be. Yeah, like there's oh, there's white people, or there's white heroes, there's whatever heroes and then they're all just circled around this hero. recognizing the greatness of this, this hero. Is, yeah so yeah um, yeah that and and then john thompson has died uh john thompson was a legendary coach of oh, georgetown yeah. university yep. um many many men's lives has been have been changed mm-hmm. because of john thompson bringing in alan iverson said yeah you know i got in in trouble with the law in high school, everyone, all my scholarships disappeared. But John Thompson took a phone call from my mom, and my mom begged him to give me a chance. Mm. He gave me a chance, and he saved my life. And he had a um, graduation rate that was of like 96% of wow. his players graduated from high school, wow. which is powerful, yeah. powerful. So he was raising up, you know, black men, honorable black men, to to make an impact on community and stuff. And so his loss will be... Uh, felt really hard as well. So you got all right. three of these losses, all in different ways. Two weeks, right? All within two weeks, and a powerful, powerful um, thing that is weighing on us as we move into the the episode today. Yeah. Um, weighing on our hearts, and this episode is going to be an episode that is going to be a powerful one. I think it's going to be a very thought-provoking one. I hope that we will come to it with an open mind and an open heart, because today we are dealing with kneeling for the national anthem. Before we dive into the the controversial topic of the national anthem and the protest and kneeling. I want to first kind of paint a little background story and give you guys some insight on what started this in the first place. So on April 12, 2016, an African-American by the name of Freddie Gray was approached by officers, and he just straight up ran away. I remember that story, Freddie Gray. Right. Yep. So before we go any further, I want to speak to what many of you might have instinctively thought when I said what I said. And... Uh, I've heard this countless times. I know my black friends have heard this countless times. If he was not doing anything illegal, he would not have run. Right. Um, yep. And I, I, I've, I've heard that as well. Yeah. I've heard that as well. Now, what we know, Tyler, from three episodes of looking at the history right. of all these things, is that in many African-Americans' minds, especially the minds of men, mm-hmm. they... They they are aware of the injustice that have happened before, right? And that's in their minds upon meeting a police officer and engaging with police officer, which causes them to do some things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise do. Their relationship with police officers are not the same. It's different as mine. As mine too. Right. It's different. So if I was in the same situation, I would not have ran. Uh, but that's because my relationship with police as a white man is much different than that of my black friends. Yeah. So he saw the police. And and then just took off running immediately. Like nothing went yeah. down before that, right? Nothing nothing happened before that. Yeah. He just saw them and and ran and, and took off running. I know a lot of people that are. I know a lot of my black friends that would probably do the same. Yeah. Police terrify them. Yeah. And that's 
rightly, wrongly, for better, for worse. It's sad. It, it, they it, are, they are but afraid. They are terrified yeah. by that. Um, so, you know, I was not there when Freddie Gray was arrested. I, I do know that the police claimed that he had an illegal knife on him, but they didn't know that then. Right. They, they just they, saw I him mean, running. They literally chase him after he runs. Right. And tackle him they down, see him. the knife or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. just, yeah. So he was not doing anything illegal. He, or he, they said if he was not doing anything illegal, he would not have ran. But we do have to understand that their relationship with police is not the same as ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was stopped because he ran. Yeah. Right? Well, no. He, so they were kind of stopping in general just to, I guess, just to kind of survey the area or whatever. Um, and then they just see him take off. And I guess they get suspicious or of why he's running. Know, or who knows, fit a description or something. I've yeah. heard that too. Yeah. Um, Chuck Drago, a former police chief in Florida with over 30 years of experience in law enforcement and government, he said this to Business Insider. The big question is, did they have a right to stop him? In addition to the obvious ones about excessive use of force, the police initially stopped Gray because he fled unprovoked upon noticing police presence. So completely like that. Officers say that when they saw Switchblade clipped to the inside of Gray's pants pocket, they arrested him without force or incident. However, mm-hmm. Neil, video that we've seen since then that has there, shown there that there was, was a struggle. Incident. Yeah, there, there was, was a incident. struggle. There was a fight. And again, this whole idea of you know stop resisting arrest that yeah that's not the same. Like, what does that mean? Right. What does resisting arrest mean? Does that mean that you're breaking my arm and I'm trying to position myself to where it's not going to break? Yeah. Like, what is right. resisting kind of, it, it arrest? Can be gray it can at times. be very gray. Yeah. Um. So, so regardless of your opinion on whether or not he should have run, running away while black is not a crime. Right. It's, and whether or not you would have ran. Right. Because that's what I said. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I wouldn't have run. Right. But. Your relationship. My relationship is, is different. My, my worldview is different. My history is different. Yeah. And there is. And so we, we, we have to try to give grace there. Yeah. And, um, and understand the, the, the the factors that are happening between police and African-Americans and how that's a little bit different, differently perceived by African-Americans Absolutely. than it is for us. And so, yeah, he was running, yeah. hadn't been stopped, hadn't been told to stop, right? Mm-hmm. He just took off running and then they pursued him yeah. after he ran. Yeah. And, and like I said, the police officer said that there was no incident. Like it was fine. They arrested him and then they called for a van and that's when all this happened. So Officer that's Miller... That's when it gets real bad. One of the officers involved wrote a document saying that Grace suffered a medical emergency, quote, mm-hmm. um, while he was being transported. And that he was immediately transported to shock trauma via medic. He arrived in critical condition. Uh, Ms. Mosby, who is the prosecutor in the Freddie Gray case, Freddie Gray case, uh, said that his arms had been handcuffed behind his back and that his request for his inhaler had been ignored. Police officers had put him into a tactical hold before putting him in the back of the van, she said. Police officials have said that Gray should have received medical attention before he was put inside the van. So this is just what should have happened. While the van was en route to the police station, officers put Gray in leg irons after an officer determined that he became irate. Again, Mm -hmm. that's relative. What does irate mean? Right. Right. What is threatening to you? Right. Is that is it the same for everyone? Yeah. Or do do black people have a little bit 
did they look a little more irate mm-hmm. in certain situations because they're scared? Right. Who knows? So, Miss Mosby had said that the officer had then loaded him on his stomach headfirst into the wagon. Yeah, into the into the van. Right. So Gray was not restrained with the seatbelt, which is a violation of police department policy. So already these things are just mm-hmm. happening. At the very least, it's negligent. Right. Right. At right. the very least, it's negligent. Should have been put in a seatbelt. Right. Should have been secured properly so that nothing can go on while they're driving. Right. And and the media on the results of an autopsy on Monday, uh, Deputy Commissioner Jerry Rodriguez said Gray did suffer a very tragic injury to his spinal cord, which resulted in his death. Now, Mr. Murphy said that Gray's spine was 80% severed at his neck. 80% severed. We, we, and this is where we have this is where we have to stop just for a moment. Yeah. And we're leading somewhere, so don't Yeah. Just just hang on. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. It started with him running out right. of fear. Right. Regardless of whether you think he should have ran or not, right. he did run. Yep. Police then pursue him. He has not committed any any kind of crime. Right. They pursue him and arrest him basically on the charge of having an illegal that they did not see on knife. him before. Right. But that's why he was arrested. Right. Um, then a struggle took place after police officer said there wasn't one. There mm-hmm. was a struggle that was put place. We know he was handcuffed. He was put in shackles right. and not put in a seatbelt inside of the, yeah. the vehicle. And somewhere along the way... Oh, the prosecutor also said that the police officers picked up another, uh, not even related to the case, picked right. up another person. Yeah. And, and so somewhere along the way, While from the, the arrest to getting to the police station... Yeah. Freddie Gray's neck was snapped and 80% severed. Yep. Something went terribly, terribly wrong. Right. Something happened that was not caught on film, was not caught on video, that caused Freddie Gray's neck to be snapped and severed Yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, Neil, I want to remind you, this, this happened in 2016. Right. This was not pre-civil rights story. This sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like a pre-civil rights story to me, right. but... Four years ago. This is four, four years, years ago. ago. Um, of course, this went public. Oh, yeah. Media, really quick. Media had a field day with yeah, it. Yeah, it, it went public really quick. They, they do what they always do about criminal record and criminal all that kind of stuff. Criminal records come out. Um, but Which, it, I don't care what the criminal record is. Right. Is the action justified? Is 80% right. severed at his neck? Did you deal with him right. like you should have? Yeah. And, and, and what's sad is most police officers wouldn't, this would never have happened. It would not have happened. Most police officers wouldn't have happened. We but, are not bashing police here, by the but way. But there's enough cops that don't follow. Right. I mean, we just read the police have stated. Mm-hmm. That there were multiple violations right. that these these people didn't follow, these right. cops didn't follow, right. and all of this led to the death of Freddie Gray. Yeah. And you would have hoped that then the legal system could have stepped in right. and began fixing yeah. this tragedy. As be, you know, I mean, at least justice can get done. In result, they were suspended with pay, and eventually they were all acquitted. Yeah. So, so th- no justice. Right. Freddie Gray has died. Right. And there's no, there's no justice. Another image bearer. Another, another black man. And and we don't even know. 
what was never even dealt like what happened right yeah what what happened yeah they um and we never get the answer to that right we never so so justice can't be done because we we're not aware of what even is going on right all we know is that proper procedures were not followed right and a man's neck was severed and we promised you guys that this would lead somewhere, and it absolutely does. So in 2016, uh, the Packers and the 49ers had a preseason game. This is NFL, for those of you who don't know. Um, and it was before this game that Colin Kaepernick did his his first protest. Right. And his first protest was different from his, his other ones. Yeah, most people didn't even know that he was protesting because he just sat down on the bench behind the team. Right, during yeah. the national anthem. Right. And, and media kind of thought it was odd. They didn't yeah. know it was a protest, like you said. So they kind of thought it was odd. They were wondering, you know, why, wonder you why he did that. Right. And so his response was, there are a lot of things that need to change. One specifically is police brutality. This is a quote. There are people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing mm-hmm. people. That's not right. Right. Okay. Um, so he actually sits down and, and, you know, the media did not like that response right. at all. Uh, so, but right. he continues. He sits down for the next three games. Yeah, he continued the same way of protesting, sitting on the the bench during the national anthem for the next three preseason games. Right, and and he he received a letter. And a lot of you guys do not know this. A lot of people that I've talked to do not know this. I don't know anyone yeah. who has told me that they know the story we're about to share. Right, nobody. But you and I both knew in in 2016. We knew it. I read yeah. about it then, but it did not catch fire. Right. Uh, the way that it should have, yeah. which I think would have given a little bit more context to yeah. what we now see going on. Yeah. So, so Kaepernick received a letter from uh, a Seahawks former player, mm-hmm. and he was also a war veteran. He, yeah. His name was Nate Voyer. He was a Green Beret. Right. And he asked Kaepernick to change his protest to kneeling uh, to show respect. And, and Voyer actually told Kaepernick that soldiers take a knee – before their fallen brothers, grave to show respect. Like, that's what they do to show right. respect. And I think it's so important to understand that Kaepernick got a letter and received a phone call right. by this war hero right. and Green Beret and said, hey, let's talk about what you're doing. Yeah, Let's talk about the most effective way to do what you're doing, right. the most respectful way to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick was willing to go and meet with him. Right. I think they talked for over two hours right. um, about this specific topic. And yeah. it wasn't Kaepernick's idea to kneel. Yeah. It was a white, former NFL player, right. Green Beret. War hero. War hero. Yeah. Who recommended that he kneel, which would be respectful to the people that he believed were experiencing the police brutality and had been killed and that kind of stuff. So kneeling was not Kaepernick's idea. Right. At all. But that became his new form of protest. Right. Which right. which shows Kaepernick being willing to do that shows that he's not just some punk that, that is just trying right. to cause division. He's not just trying to turn tables over for no reason. Right. You know? Yeah. There, he's he's brokenhearted, and that's why right. he's protesting. Yep. And so yep. um, by this time, man, the, the news media, everything. Started blowing up. Dude, they, they painted him as an extremist, anti-American. Attention-seeking, yeah, Any, spoiled athlete, yeah, anything that they could grab a hold to, 
to attack Kaepernick. Shut they, up and throw. They did. That yeah. that whole thing uh, just, I mean, just decimated this dude's character mm-hmm. and um, really just had just had a field day. And, and the the idea was that they wanted to, to end the career of him. Right. Uh, but eventually this kind of died down. What a lot of people don't know is that, yeah. you know, he, he kept doing it. And right. some people, and, and some other players did it. Some other players did not Some people and, joined them and it, and it was frowned upon. Yeah. By most, yeah. I would say, but, um, it kind of stopped being a thing. I don't want to say most, but it, it was frowned yeah. upon by a lot yeah. and, uh, it kind of stopped being a, a topic of, right. You know, yep. but our, our president Trump reignited this conflict he during did. a rally in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. And this is his famous quote. Yeah, where he he basically said, "What needs to happen is NFL owners need to go down on that field when these SOBs are protesting. Right, take them off the field and fire them. Fire them." Um, that got applause from the audience, um, but it also caused a massive backlash among the other NFL players and professional athletes. Right, and so everything got you know, re-engaged. So even, even Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, like he kind of came to Kaepernick's defense at first, which was interesting. He kind of, he kind of reaffirmed his right to protest. Like not necessarily, I agree with it, but he does have a right to protest and do that. And then Trump took to Twitter and called Goodell out. Yeah. And, uh, Goodell back down. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, whole team started taking knees now because of that because yeah <laughs> because it, it, it the, got all right. you know riled up and and you know it, half the country doesn't like trump you know more than half the country doesn't like trump or approve of him and the other half does and so immediately there was this you know massive divide people started burning jerseys oh, yeah. throwing away jerseys yeah. uh making videos attacking and hating <sighs> Kaepernick, Have you Kaepernick seen some of those? and others. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. In words in there. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's it just kind of really exposes, yeah. you know, how yeah. they feel. Well, it was uh, funny because he's protesting police brutality and racism, and then the people attacked him using racism. Yeah. You know, it's like, whoa. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. so yeah it, was, yeah, it was crazy. So Kaepernick opted out of his contract with the 49ers at the end of the uh, 2016 season. Hasn't played it down since, yeah. guys. He has not been in the NFL uh, since then. No, no team will touch him. Yeah, no team wants Kaepernick because it's, you know, it was too hot of a of a button. And at, you, you know what's sad is I, I know a lot of Christians who celebrate that. And yeah. Like, I, I really, you know, a lot of professing Christians that are just so – Happy that he is is out of a job and that he mm-hmm. no longer is a quarterback. Right. Um, and you know, it, it's I, I think we're gonna go into why that's problematic. Right. Here in the yeah. in the theological segment, sure. but um, what what many don't know is that Kaepernick has gone on record and professed to know Christ mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, he is he is a professing believer in Jesus Christ, and that that kind of adds a different layer to this if you're a Christian. Because right. if you are rooting for your brother to fail, and he is a brother in Christ, right? and um, you see this protest and you are hating him because of it, mm-hmm. um, and he is your brother in Christ, then that is, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge it's problem. A real you problem. shouldn't hate anybody, period. But now, now this is your brother in Christ who's yeah. doing this, and we're supposed to be loving. Right. Now, I mean, his body is covered in in 
scriptures and things. And while that's not, you know, doing anything for, for his salvation, he has gone on record saying, my faith is the basis. This is another quote. My faith is the basis from where my game comes from. I've been very blessed to have the talent to play the game that I do and be successful at it. I think God guides me through every day and helps me make the right steps and has helped me to get to where I'm at. When I step on the field, I always say a prayer. Say I'm thankful to be able to wake up in the morning and go out there and try to glorify the Lord with what I do in the field. I think if you go out and try to do that, no matter what you do on the field, you can be happy about what you did. Now, mm-hmm. close your eyes and envision Tim Tebow saying that. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. But Tim Tebow didn't the, kneel the evangelical the anthem. Yeah. And, and that... To Kaepernick's credit, whether you think he should kneel or not kneel, right. he believes what he's doing is the right thing to do. Right. And it's turned him into an activist yeah. for a tons of other stuff, not just about you know race relations in America. Yeah. Um, he's been involved in um, creating organizations that go and help suffering people in Somalia. Yeah. He raised like $2 million for that. He's yeah. given away his own money. Mm-hmm. Um he loaded up, you know, planes full of supplies and, and right. took them to different countries. And so yeah. this is, you know, he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's, yeah. not, he's just, not just professing Christ. He's actually yeah. showing fruits of the gospel. Right. <laughs> right. Which is a um, lot. Yeah. Which is, which is, it's huge. He's now, he is a, a steward right. of, you know, the platform that he's been, right. you know, given. And he has to be should be looked at as a brother in Christ. All we can go by is his profession of faith. Right. And yes, he has done things that... We don't agree with. Said things we don't agree with or done things I would, that... I would say, like, the one thing that I would really... Ju- that just stuck out to me was the the whole socks depicting the police as pigs. Right. Right? Like, yeah. you see that and you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's yeah. helpful. Right. But I see the pain behind it. You right. Know? Like, I see the the brokenness behind it. I see the the heartache behind it and the... The rationale behind it. Yeah. That's his experience. Yeah. And in my opinion, like you said, I think that was a, that's a foolish thing to do and it doesn't, it doesn't help the cause at all. Right. Um, but you, you do see that it comes from anger and hurt and, um, because of the injustices, you know, that have gone on. Yeah. Um, and he's not the only one to feel that way. I mean, last week. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers yeah. they, they yeah. beat they beat the Mavericks. The Clippers beat the Mavericks. He's the head coach of the L.A. Clippers. And after one of the games, he... You said that so sad. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it is very sad. It is. Our yeah. Mavs no longer in the playoffs. But they have bright hope because of Luka Doncic. You get KP back. Um, but he, he spoke after the one of the games, and he, he basically he spoke for a couple minutes, fighting back tears, mm-hmm. Um. And he just said, we as black people try to love this country and it doesn't love us back. Um, I've heard black people say that. I have too. I've heard that before. And what I want to say about this, here's the perspective I want us to have. I know white people who have pushed back on that statement. Right. America does love black people. Mm -hmm. Um, How can you say that? We're all equal. How can you, yeah, how can you say that? And whether you agree with that statement or not is neither here nor there to what I'm about to say. In 2020, there is a black man who feels that way. We have people in this country that feel like this country doesn't love them. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just like if my wife comes to me and she's brokenhearted about something and something has, you know, made her feel some kind of way and she's coming to me with that hurt and brokenness and with that anger, it does not help anything for me to say, oh, babe, come on, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. No, no, she feels that yeah. way. I need to validate how she feels in order to love her. Absolutely. I need to validate how African-Americans feel in order for me to love them properly. And when Doc Rivers says that, man, it just hit me hard because I was like, in 2020, Mm -hmm. we have an African-American man who is holding back tears, holding back tears, making that statement, expressing how he feels by that. Right. And... He is in a position of power and influence, and he had the ability to to say those things that I have heard other people say very, very similar things. Right. Um, and it, it's it's heartbreaking to know that someone feels that way in 2020. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important to note that because now we have whole teams taking knees. We have whole leagues taking knees knees for the most part in in the NBA. And we'll see what happens with, you know, the NFL coming up here soon, but Kaepernick and the players now, this modern movement of kneeling for the national anthem and that kind of thing. This is not the first time we've heard things like this. Absolutely. We have had black uh, people in the past, basically, say some very similar, mm-hmm. some similar things. Yeah. You know, like and, that. and do similar things and protest. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah the same way. National Anthem. Uh, yeah. you know, Jackie Robinson, uh, was in, you know, if you guys don't know, he was an African American baseball pioneer. He yeah. wrote an autobiography that he couldn't sing or salute the flag, the flag. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I know that I'm a black man in a white world. Yeah. Um, Jackie Robinson, I believe died in, the seventies. Yeah. I believe. And, but said, yeah, I, I cannot say the pledge of allegiance. Yeah. I cannot stand for the national anthem and put my hand on my heart or salute the flag or whatever. Right. Because of his experience. Yeah. This was the first African American man to play major league baseball, uh, not in the Negro leagues, but mm-hmm. in major league baseball, mm-hmm. the experience, the, his experience of racism from teammates, right. from opposing fans, from fans on his own team, his experience led him to that conviction. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it's probably because your experience is vastly different than his. Right. You know, that would lead you to come to a different, you know, perspective. And let me, let me quote this on his autobiography. So it says... Uh, He said, there I was, the black grandson of a slave, the son of a black sharecropper, part of a historic occasion, a symbolic hero to my people. The air was sparkling, the the sunlight was warm, the band struck up the national anthem, the flag billowed in the wind. It should have been a glorious moment for me as the stirring words of the national anthem poured from the stands. Perhaps it was, but then again, perhaps the anthem could be called the theme song for a drama called The Noble Experiment. Today, as I look back on that opening game of my first World Series, I must tell you that it was Mr. Ricky's drama and that I was only a principal actor. As I write this 20 years later, I cannot stand and sing in the anthem. I cannot salute the flag. I know that I am a black man in a white world. Again, heartbreaking Mm -hmm. that you feel that way. Right. Heartbreaking that you feel that way. Right. And this, it led him to some convictions. Right. 
and they those convictions may be different than yours, right? But they are convictions nonetheless based upon his experience. Yeah. And um, and we all have convictions based off our experience. Everybody, every single one of us. Everybody does. does. Uh, in 1995, uh, mm-hmm. Muhammad Abdul Rauf used to be Chris Jackson. He converted to Islam. Uh, his conscience would not allow him to participate in the national anthem. And at first, he just stayed and stretched inside the locker room instead of coming out with his team. Reporters started noticing that, and they began to talk about it. And right. of course, the issue exploded again. Kaepernick. Um, did it because of his conviction of police br- brutality and that kind of thing. Abdul mm-hmm. Raouf said he had viewed the American flag as a symbol of oppression and racism to African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Also, because he had converted to the, uh, to the Muslim faith, he said you can't be for God and for oppression. It's right. clear in the Quran, Islam is the only way. He said that at the time. He said, I don't criticize those who stand, um, so don't criticize me for sitting. Right. So again, this was a conviction mm-hmm. out of his Muslim faith. This mm-hmm. was a conviction out of his conscience. The fact that he had he's a black man, right? Um, and he as well in '95 couldn't stand. Um, and I think the most famous story mm-hmm. uh, man who had an issue with some of the more patriotic things in yeah. America is Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, yep. And um, yeah, the Fourth of July. Yeah. And and most, if you don't know, Frederick Douglass, former slave, actually um, fought his slave owner for two hours, um, beating him up profusely, um, and basically freed himself because the slave owner slave owner couldn't go tell everybody that my slave beat me up, and okay. so he didn't couldn't say anything about it, and so Frederick Douglass became an abolitionist, yeah. and um, yeah, he talked about the Fourth of July. Yeah. You know, and what the 4th of July meant to him as a black man. Yeah, so I got a quote for that too. I'm the quote guy today. The quote guy. I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice. Okay, so he said, what to the American slave is your 4th of July? And this is his answer. Right. A day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty and unholy license, your national greatness swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless, your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted imprudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgiving with all your religious parade and psalmody were bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up the crimes which could disgrace a nation of savages. And he said this. Now that is a hardcore statement. (laughs) As a former slave, (laughs) watching America celebrate its Independence Day, knowing that men were still enslaved, knowing that women and children were still enslaved. And he said, for us, the July 4th means... Right. Not what it means for you white people. Yeah. And I read that now as an Amer- as someone who loves America. Uh-huh. I read that now and I put it in the context of today and I'm I'm actually like, oh whoa, that's harsh. Right. That's that that is harsh. Yeah. But then I think about it and I look at the the things that he went through. Yeah. And the last podcast that we talked mm-hmm. about and the you know, go back and listen. Yeah. Um and man, it's yeah. it's true yeah. in, in his and case. Frederick Douglass, um, unlike Muhammad Abdul Rauf, right. uh, but very similar to Kaepernick, mm-hmm. he was a professing believer. Right. 
And he was doing what he was doing because he believed it was the right thing to do. Mm. He did not celebrate independence. Um, that was not his independence day right. as a black man in America. Yeah. And we as, and let, let's just, let me say this for the record. Mm-hmm. I have always stood for the national anthem. Right. And I have said the Pledge of Allegiance my entire life. Right. So I am coming to all of this mm-hmm. having never done a protest like this. Right. I've never protested this way. Right. I've never um, done what the people we've talked about here have done. Mm-hmm. I've never done what the NBA has done. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not coming to this saying, you know, we kneel this way. Right. We protest this way. We, I've never done that. Right. But I think it is important for one who has never done it Mm -hmm. and who may view the issue a little bit differently Mm -hmm. to try to come at this with grace. Amen. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Try to come at this in a gracious way, especially, Tyler, considering what the Bible has to say about how we deal with matters like this. been Christians throughout the years that hold to differing opinions when it comes to matters of conscience. What I mean by matters of conscience is there is nothing in the Bible that gives us a yes or no like you have to do this right. or you cannot do this. Yeah. Or you are in sin. Or you are in sin if you do this or you are in sin if you don't do this. Right. Those are matters of conscience. Right. And Christians throughout the last 2,000 years have held to differing views when it comes to matters of conscience. Right. Let me just give you a couple. So the Anabaptists. Anabaptists were a group that came out of the Protestant Reformation. They mm. literally, Anabaptist means to baptize again, to rebaptize. Mm. And so the because they believe that you're in believer's baptism, that after right. you get saved, you get baptized. They didn't believe in baptizing infants like the Presbyterians, right. for right. instance, did. Yeah. The Reformers were mainly kind of along that history. Mm -hmm. So they viewed it differently. They were actually persecuted and Mm -hmm. killed for their stance. It it was, it's a tragic part of history, but they are a, a part of what we call the radical reformation. Mm -hmm. But Anabaptists were pacifists, right? They didn't believe that, um, that you should go to war. They didn't believe that they should have weapons. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe that they should defend themselves. Right. They were pacifists to the nth degree. And, it's interesting because today there are groups of Anabaptists that have stemmed from that tradition yeah. that to this day believe that you should not be a police officer. Uh, a police officer. Yeah. You shouldn't be in the military right. because you would have to have a weapon, a wow. deadly weapon, yeah. and that it is their conviction not to have, that you shouldn't have a deadly weapon. Right. At the same time that they have existed, there are Christians that have, have existed that said, no, you should be able to defend yourself. Right. You should be able to fight in the military, be a police mm-hmm. officer, those kind of things. So here you have that those issues right. by professing Christians that are matters of conscience and Christians view them differently. Right. And hold to different stances. You've got the Quakers, for instance. Yeah. The the Quakers, there are groups of Quakers that are not Christian, but the original mm-hmm. groups of Quakers were right. Christian believers. Right. And they were pacifists mm-hmm. as well. 
Uh, the original Quakers did not believe in pledging their allegiance to any country. Yeah. They did not believe um, that they were to take any kind of oath. On the right? Bible. Let your yes yeah. be yes. Let uh-huh. your no be no. Mm-hmm. Don't Can't swear on the Bible. Right. Um, you can't swear on God's right. name. But then at the same time, there were other Christians who would put their hand on the Bible and swear on it. Right. Right. There are other Christians who, again, are not pacifists. There are other Christians who would say the pledge. But the Quakers, right. believing Christians, would not do that. Right. So again, you have matters of opinion. And so what, what, I, what the Bible calls matters of opinion, matters uh, of, of conscience, mm-hmm. disagreeable matters, that's, mm-hmm. that's all language yeah. the, the Bible uses for these kinds of things. We are, what we're doing is we're talking about issues right. that the Bible doesn't give us specific commands on. Right. And when the Bible doesn't give us specific commands on these things, we have to come to our own convictions on what God would have us to do. Right. There was an issue in Scripture where it was about meat offered to idols. Mm-hmm. Some Christians were like, listen, you can eat the meat offered to idols. That's nothing. Right. Like, it doesn't matter Absolutely. that you're eating the meat offered to idols. The mm-hmm. idols aren't real. Eat the meat. Yeah. You got other <laughs> Christians who are saying, I can't. I can't. I can't eat the meat offered to idols. Right. And, and... Paul, and that's their conviction. That's their personal yes. conviction. And so Paul was coming along and Paul was going to help them understand right. you can have differing personal convictions on matters that the Bible doesn't explicitly say. Yeah. And you can both be honoring God to do so. Yeah. Um, in fact, I know, and I know you know some people too, right? who can't say the Pledge of Allegiance mm-hmm. or, or sing the national anthem because of abortion. Right. That's, they can take a different issue now. It's not yeah. racism. It's because right. of abortion. Right. They say, I can't pledge allegiance to a country that has laws on the books right. that say it's okay to murder people. Mm-hmm. And so they they can't yeah. say as a matter of conscience. Right. Um, and again, when it comes to the national anthem, when it comes to these matters of patriotism, we all come and look at it a little bit differently. I may mean one thing when I pledge of allegiance. Mm -hmm. Someone else may mean something else. Mm -hmm. And someone else takes it to be something else so they can't say it. So in in my understanding of Scripture, singing the national anthem, kneeling for the national anthem, saying Mm -hmm. the pledge of allegiance is a matter of conscience. It is. It is a matter of opinion and disagreeing matters. So with that understanding... I want to read to us in this theological segment the first nine verses of Romans chapter 14. And then I just want to talk about it a little bit yeah, let's do it. to give us some practical things to think about in order to how can I be biblical right. and when it comes to these matters. So here's what Paul says. As for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him. But do not quarrel over opinions. Right. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person only eats vegetables. Let not the one who eats despises the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eat it in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us live to himself, 
and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Hmm. Now, he's addressing two things, right? right? Meat offered to idols and religious holy days. Right. Some were eating the meat offered to idols, some weren't. Mm-hmm. Some were saying we got to respect the holy days, mm-hmm. honor the holy days, um, quote unquote, pledge allegiance to the holy days. Right. And others were saying, no, you don't. All days are alike and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Paul writes this to instruct them on how to live. And so here's just a few things that I, I take from this that I, I want to point out that I think is so important for us understanding. Number one, When it comes to matters of conscience, you should not pass judgment on each other because God has welcomed us. Mm, So Christians, we are free and given royal liberty on non-sinful matters or what Paul calls opinion. Opinion, I don't believe anywhere in scripture, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, where it says I have to pledge allegiance to a country. I don't see anywhere in scripture where it tells me I have to sing a anthem to a country right? or I'm in sin if I don't do it. right? So this is not a matter of sin. Mm-hmm. This is a matter of liberty, conviction, right. um, matters of conscience, disagreeable matters. So don't get your patriotism and your Christianity mixed. They're right. not the same thing. Right. And, and you should think that people should do it. That's right. okay. Right. But they're not sinning by not doing it. Right. And so Christians who have been received by God, Mm -hmm. by grace, should deal with one another graciously. I should not despise someone for their liberty, and I should not despise someone from them abstaining from the liberty that I may do. Right. And so Paul is letting us know, you should not pass judgment on one another for non-sinful matters. Which means you should not... Um, hate on somebody who disagrees with the way to be patriotic. Right. Especially your brother. Especially your brother in Christ, which is the direct context that, right. you know, Paul's talking about here. Second thing that I think is important. A person only gives an account to one person, mm. and that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. I only give account to Jesus. I do not give account to you. Right. You are not the one that is to hold me to account. Now, if you can point me to scripture, yeah. show me my sin and lead me to the Holy Spirit to be convicted, by all means do so. But when it comes to matters of conscience, I do not, I am not held accountable by you. Right. You are not the one that I give account to. And and the context here, Peter, uh, uh, Paul says, hey, listen, we're all servants of Christ. Right. Who do you think you are as a servant to tell another servant how to honor their master? Yeah. You don't get to do that. Absolutely. Um, as long as I am acceptable to Jesus, um, how can I not be acceptable to you? Mm. So if I kneel for the national anthem or I don't kneel for the national anthem, it's not a matter of sin. And I don't give an account to that to you. I give an account to that to God. Mm-hmm. If I eat, mo- eat meat offered to idols, if I don't recognize holy days, again, I don't give an account to you about that. I give an account to God about that. Right. Another thing, wherever you stand on these issues, you should not stand there lightly. Mm. 
You should yeah. be fully convinced in your own mind right. that abstaining or participating is the right thing to do. That's why Paul says in verse 5, let each one mm-hmm. be fully convinced in his own mind. You better have prayed about it. You better yes. have thought about it hard. You better like Yes. You better have done the work. You ask for wisdom. Right. You should not approach these things lightly. Right. So just because they're matters of conscience or matters of conviction doesn't or, mean they don't matter. Or doesn't mean they don't matter. Right. That's great. They they do matter. Mm-hmm. And they should be approached in that way. Um, so if I'm going to do something that's a matter of conscience, which I will because there's a bunch of them, mm-hmm. I better know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I better have prayed about it and I better have, be using wisdom about it mm-hmm. because God wants me to take it very, very seriously. Right. Another one, when you abstain or participate in matters of conscience, do so for the honor and the glory of God. Um, when we as Christians do things that are a matter of conscience. We are to live to the Lord. Yeah. Paul says in another place, whatsoever you do, right? Whether you eat, Mm -hmm. drink, whatever it is, do it as under the Lord. So matters of conscience, while they are disagreeable matters, they always should be done and performed for the glory of God. And if I can say in my heart that what I'm doing I'm doing for the glory of God, then I am free to do it. Right. And again, because you can't point to scripture and tell me where I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, this isn't just, you can you do whatever you want to, but when it comes to matters where the Bible's not explicit, I can do what God has led me to do. Right. And that may be something that you don't like, Right. but it doesn't matter if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. If I have searched my heart, I have thought about these things deeply. I have prayed about them. And now I choose to act in this way for the glory of God. Yeah. You and I, it's not sin. And it's not sin. Right. I'm free to do so, whether Absolutely. you like it or not. Yep. Um preach. And then lastly, <laughs> God can be glorified by people doing two different things related to the same activity. Right. So yeah. so God is God is glorified through obedience. He is glorified through our obedience, even when that leads me to do something different than it leads you to do. Right. So it is possible for the people that Paul was writing to, to eat meat offered to idols for the glory of God Mm -hmm. and for God to be glorified by that. Mm -hmm. At the very same time, it is possible for those Christians to To not not eat meat, meat, do it for the glory of God and God be exalted. Both can be true at the same time. Both can be true about holy days. And I would go so far as to argue in the context of this episode, a Christian kneeling for the national anthem, mm-hmm. if they have prayed about it, if it is something they are convicted to do right. for the glory of God, that they can bring honor and glory to God through that conviction. Right. And so can you if you disagree with that and you choose to pledge allegiance and to sing the national anthem. Yeah. Both can be true Absolutely. about the same topic and both can honor and glorify God. Mm. Right? So let me just run through these real quick again. Don't pass judgment on each other. Right. God's welcomed you. If God has welcomed me, then I am accepted by him. And if I am accepted, you shouldn't be passing judgment on me. Mm -hmm. Number two, a person only gives account 
to Jesus. Mm -hmm. They don't give account to me. I can have my opinion as to whether or not I think they should do it or not do it, but I'm not the judge and I'm not the one that can hold it over them. Right. Three, you should be fully convinced in your mind whether you abstain or participate. Pray up. You got to pray up. You got to ask for wisdom. You've got to be convicted. Right. It can't just be a whimsical thing you do. Right. You have to be convicted. Um, when you abstain, make sure you abstain or participate in matters of conscience, in honor and in glory honor God. to God. Yeah. Yep. Let it be what you're doing for the glory of God. Because if I'm doing what I'm doing for the glory of God, and Tyler, you're doing what you're doing for the glory of God, and as a matter of disagreeable opinions, mm-hmm. we do something different, we can both honor God in that difference. Right. Yeah. Right? And so, again, I'm not accountable to you. You're, you're not. not accountable to me. No. And so Kaepernick, if he believes I'm kneeling for the glory of God, then Kaepernick has every right to do that. I should not pass judgment on him. I should leave him to the Lord right. for the Lord to deal with. I, I can I can think all kinds of thoughts about whether he I think he should or shouldn't do it. Right. But I am to leave him to the Lord. Yeah. This is a matter of conscience. Absolutely. This is a matter of conviction. This is not a matter of sin. Yeah. And I have to leave him to the Lord and trust that God will be glorified from his desire. But one thing that's interesting to me is that, you know, this whole theological segment about matters of conscience, this is not, this is a command. This is a command on how to treat matters of conscience. This is not. Yes. Paul is telling us, Christians, here's how you have to deal with this. Right. You have to deal with it this You don't get to decide how you deal with this. Or you will be in sin. Right. Right. You condemn a brother in Christ for for doing something that you disagree with on a matter of conscience. Yeah. Then you I are. Just, I just talked right over you. Say it again. <laughs> so, so I don't talk over you. No, you go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. We said the same thing. We just said it the same time in different words. Yeah. If you don't obey Romans 14 mm-hmm. on matters of conscience, yeah. now you are in sin. Right. So if you pass judgment on a Colin Kaepernick for kneeling, which is not a matter of sin, mm-hmm. if you pass judgment on him and attack him, for that stance, yeah. not disagree with him, but right. attack him. Right. Now you have sinned. Yeah. Because the Bible tells us how to deal with this. And we have to deal with it the way God tells us to deal with it. As we come to the close of this podcast, we I know we've talked a lot of application in the theological segment, but I do think that there are a couple other things that I think we ought to talk about. Yeah. Just to make sure we're all on the same page about what God says, mm-hmm. I just want to read you Galatians chapter 5. These, this is verses 22, 23, uh, 24, 25, 26. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Mm. When it comes to matters of conscience, I think we need to ask ourselves this question. This person that disagrees with me on this matter of conscience, by the way that I'm acting, am I loving them? Am I being gracious toward them? Am I being patient with them? Am I being kind toward them? Am I being gentle toward them? 
who do not see these matters of conscience the same way that I see them. Right. And I'm not going to bring this back up for the sake of, of bashing our president, right. but when the president calls those players SOBs, right. he is not keeping in step with the spirit of God that he professes. Right. So, And we're all guilty of that. It, it, I, I don't want to say it's just him, but we're all guilty of that. But in the context of this yeah. topic, he has not followed bearing out the fruit of the spirit. And, and how could he then witness to those? It would be athletes. tough. It would be tough. Right. After after that, crossing that line. Yeah, it would be tough. Um, and, and so here's, think about this. Take Kaepernick, take the players that are kneeling now, take Frederick Douglass, take, um, you know, Muhammad Abdul Rauf, mm-hmm. take, take anybody, Jackie Robinson, anybody that disagrees with you on your patriotic stance, mm-hmm. and then ask yourself this question. Am I bearing out the fruit of the Spirit toward this human being? Am I bearing out the fruit of the Spirit toward this human being that I disagree with? You don't have the right to not be gentle toward Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Yeah. As a Christian, you don't have the right. You don't. As a Christian, you don't have the right not to be gentle toward those you disagree with. Right. Not to be patient with those that you disagree with, not to be loving toward those you disagree with. But here's what we do all the time. We see these people that we think are public figures Mm -hmm. and that we can just say and act and do whatever we want toward them because somehow they're not real. Right. Right. But the Bible tells us how to do this. The Bible tells us how we are to conduct ourselves and how we are to act when it comes to these matters of conscience. And so I just thought it would be important for us to go back through the fruit of the spirit and just read yeah. that and say, Amen. here's, we're supposed to be keeping in step with the spirit yeah. Christians. Yeah. And, and when it comes to these matters of conscience, this is the way we have to act. We have to, we have I, I like to act that you this said way. We have to, we have to act. It's yes. Not, it's not an option. And, and when we do this, mm-hmm. when we demonstrate this, the world is going to watch. Yeah. When Christians can love each other, grace each other, be patient with each other, be kind with each other in disagreeable matters, and still have unity, yeah. the world's not going to understand that. Yeah. Because the world causes disunity about everything. Right. right? We want divisions everywhere. Right. But the church rallies around the kingdom of God. The, the church, we're outsiders. We are outsiders. We are outsiders. We rally around the kingdom of God. We rally around our unity in Christ. Right. And then we see matters that are disagreeable. Mm-hmm. We see matters of opinion. We see matters of conscience. And we say, I know that you're doing this differently than me. Right. But I'm going to love you. I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to be gentle with you. I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to respect you. And and I'm going to love you the way that Christ loves me because we are one in Christ. The world is going to see that and go, what do these people have that the rest of the world doesn't? Unfortunately, we fall into the trap so often of doing it just like the world. And we can't. And so I know this was a episode about kneeling for the national anthem, but it's way larger than that. Absolutely. It is about our unity in Christ. Mm. It is about the way that we conduct ourselves in front of a lost and dying world who desperately need to see the unity that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes. 
uh, we are so grateful for every single one of you listeners. Right. And uh, again, we've man, I've I've had a lot of emails, a it's lot of messages. It's been great. Um, a lot of discussions being had. Yep. And and things are are really just such a blessing. So thank you guys for supporting us. Please yes. continue to support. Please like, subscribe, review us. That Share it. Puts us at the top. Share yes. Uh, and again, email us. Uh, email us if you have any questions, man. Right. If you want to talk about this stuff, if something doesn't sit right with something we said, maybe you know, because we are getting a little more uh, opinionated in a way. Sure. Um, based off of just talking about this stuff, you're going to start hearing more of our opinions and things. Um, and if those don't line up with with what the Bible says, then please, yeah, let us absolutely. know. You know, and and we are we are not above that. Absolutely. Um, but again, I, we, if it is a matter of conscience, we we ask you to deal with us in the mm-hmm. same way that we with grace, yeah, with that, grace that we put out. So, again, please like, subscribe, review, email us, all the good things. We are all the, the Outsiders things. Podcast. We love you guys. Thank you.